Welcome, everybody, to episode 185 of the Metabolas 2 podcast, <laughs> um, which features myself, Ben. And I am David. That long pause was, we had not confirmed, confirmed the recording the, the, number. <laughs> the the numer- numer- numerical value of this podcast. <laughs> so I had to remember it. And there you go. Got it right first time. Perfect. Yep. yep. Bingo. Yeah, bingo. In this podcast, 185, we are going to play a new game on the Metabulas 2 that we are calling The Twin Dilemma. Ooh. And how this works is either Ben or I will pick a story, and it'll either be a 20th century story first broadcast in the former century, or a contemporary story broadcast in this century, the 21st century, and we will have to find its twin or perfect pair. <laughs> You'd be lucky. <laughs> To, uh, in, in the other century. So if we say, uh, uh, let's say, unearthly child, for example, yep. then Rose would be a response and the link would be, well, it's the start of a whole new era of Doctor Who, for example. And then right, right, right. And yep. we'll, we'll go through this ping-ponging and uh, much mirth and yeah, merriment we'll, we'll un- along the way. <laughs> undoubtedly ensue from this, from this game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think those rules explain very well, David. Um, if anyone has right. any um, questions about the rules, please write in. Right. And we'll explain <laughs> explain them again next week. All right. All right. So to kick this off. Oh, God. Okay. All right. I've got to focus. Your okay. first story is Planet of Fire, the Peter Davison story. Oh, Planet of Fire. Okay. So Planet of Fire. Planet of Fire, the master's involved. They're on a planet. Uh, <laughs> there's there's companions. A companion is introduced, sort of, and a pa- companion leaves. I think, as far yep, as I remember, yep. turtle exits. Companions go in. Companions go out. Mm-hmm. Um, goodness, there's swimwear involved. <laughs> I'm okay. All right. This is this is going to be a um, uh, uh, ooh, uh, this is going to be a little bit of an outlier. All right. Um, I'm not taking this particularly seriously, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this has to be the fine. perfect that's pairing fine. of Twin Dilemma. <laughs> oh, no, the perfect pairing. Now, go ahead. What, what do you have? What I, ha- what I have is, and uh, this, you're going to like this, okay. Orphan 55. Oh, now, why Orphan 55? Because it's all, because as far as I remember, Lanzarote, where they filmed, yep. confusingly... Both filmed it as Lanzarote and also an alien planet, which kind of defeat to me kind of defeated the object of going to Lanzarote in the first place. Black sand, kind of deserty looking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, very much I think the feel of Orphan Fifty Five. Oh, okay, so setting, uh, setting, the setting, the setting is similar. Um, you've got a similar number of companions, probably. No, you've got one more. No, you have because you've got lovely chameleon, right? Yeah, you do. You do. Yeah, so similar number of companions. Um, does the doctor have blonde hair? <laughs> yes, they do. They do. They both have blonde hair. And it's one that I don't really care for hugely. Mm. So that's another mm-hmm. that's another comparison. And that I think that's <laughs> that's Perfect. as far as I can that go. Is, that, comparing the two. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Okay, so you're happy with that, or are you not oh, happy with that? Well, do I have to watch them? You, no, no. Next week we have to go away and like watch both of them back to back. No, okay, I think a... I, I think that's fair enough. I mean, like, then there's also a isn't there a dome? Doesn't um, Jason King like live in a dome or something? I, I haven't seen Planet of Fire for, for years, for so. a long time. <laughs> um, neither have I. Um, 
Now it works. Yeah, it works. I think it works. There's yeah. connection. It just just in the landscape alone. Is the landscape. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, and of course, um, as we all know, Planet of Fire does not involve monsters. It involves a master. Mm-hmm. But of course, isn't the master a kind of a monster? He can be monstrous. He can be monstrous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But also, we feel some sympathy for him, don't we? The master. I think we're just in, in, as we feel. Mm-hmm. We do feel some sympathy for the dregs. Okay. Don't we? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, you know, because they they didn't ask to be born to be evil. <laughs> neither, anyway, neither did my kids. But <laughs> there, you, there you go. So that is my that that is my counter. That's my counter to uh, Planet of Fire is Orphan Fifty Five. Okay. All right. Very good. Very fair enough. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to give you a real a, a real humdinger here. Okay. All right. The Web Planet. Ooh, uh, the William Hartnell story. Indeed. Hmm. <laughs> Ooh. All right, I'll let you into my thought process here. Okay, good. Excellent. Thought process is great. So, I would like a story that takes place on an alien planet, much like Vortus in The Web Planet. Right. And I'm trying to find what would be its analog in contemporary Doctor Who. Yes. And... It has to have this kind of ancient evil, perhaps. Oh, ancient this, evil, like this, it, this yes. Animus, the animus, the animus in yep. the web planet. So I'm leaning towards the impossible planet, the Satan Pit. Nice. And I'm connecting the animus with the beast in uh, that two-parter of Tenant and the Ood with all the various insectoids that are in so the the ood zarbi the uh minoptera all venom it's, grubs. It's, it's, it's it's a very loose thing but it's mainly going down to it's on a planet that the tardis is kind of sucked down yep. on both yep. stories and we don't have the whole fighting the whole battle bit but mainly that ancient evil and on a alien planet I like that. I like that. I see what I was trying to think of. Okay, what would be a similar studio? It's completely studio bound. Mm-hmm. See, and mm-hmm. I couldn't really think of one because mm-hmm. I think, you know, lightweight cameras, CGI, you don't really have to have a completely studio bound. If you have an alien planet, mm-hmm. you you know, uh, mm-hmm. you can either be kind of done with computers mm-hmm. or you just go to, you know, you light a quarry in Wales slightly differently. Right. Um, yeah. One that comes to mind for totally studio-bound recently would be Thin Ice. Oh, yeah. Interesting. But that I'm not sure that would be a good analog for the web planet. It's got themes of slavery. It does. A little bit. Yeah, actually, more than a theme. Because the Monoptera are the miserable mm-hmm. slaves of the Zabi. Even the Zabi are idiots. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Mm. All right. Okay. Right. I like it. Okay. Right. I'm ready for my next one. Uh, following along in the... Ood frame. How about Planet of the Ood? Planet of the Ood. Dr. Donna. It's snowy. It's mm-hmm, cold. Mm-hmm. It's cold. There's an evil corporation. There is. Run by um, Lord Percy from out of um, <laughs> Blackadder. Out of Blackadder. Evil corporation um, that, is, that is cruelly exploiting the innocent Ood for its own nefarious ends. Yes. In a snowy landscape. So, okay. So, I think we're going to have to go Pertwee because evil corporations cruelly exploiting people for their own horrible ends hmm. with a theme of maybe with a theme of transfiguration at the end. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with the mutants. 
Ooh, the mutts yeah. and the ood. Good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, the mutts and the ood. Um, there's also someone who's bald <laughs> because Percy is yeah, bald. Yeah, uh, t- um, And also the marshal, as far as I remember, is quite bald from Out of the Mutants. No, um, the, the the one who was bald was the scientist. Oh, okay. Does the does the marshal have hair? Seems to remember the marshal. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. he has a hat. I think he might have a hat. Anyway, so there is bald. There's baldness involved. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. It's not obviously that particular gravel pit outside of Tunbridge Wells. It was not very snowy, but it does look cold. So um, mm-hmm. I'm thinking there's a similar theme of coldness there. It's an alien planet. Uh, poor creatures are being exploited by ruthless. Well, not actually a corporation, by a ruthless imperial government. So there's a slight difference there. But then I think, you know, Planet of the Ood, the kind of Ood Corporation is um, quasi-governmental, I'd have said. Right. Um, right. In a kind of more contemporary way. And, of course, at the end, there's a kind of transfiguration and we kind of realize that the Ood are actually kind of super powerful in some sort of way, right? Yeah. yeah. And just like Kai is. Exactly, exactly. Yes, Kai is revealed. Technicolor Kai. Technicolor Dreamcoat, <laughs> exactly. And, and the, you know, I think as far as I remember, the Ood are able to kind of throw off the shackles of the company. Yep. Praise be the company. And in the same <laughs> way that I think the inhabitants of the mutant planet, did, well, does that planet have a name? I can't remember. Oh, it did. The planet is, uh, I think, Solos. Solos. So, Solos. Solon- Solonians. Solonians. Exactly, Solonians, yeah. yep. Yep. So the Soloni, so Solo, the Sololi, can't really say that. Solo, Solonians, Solonians, <laughs> um, threw off the shackles of the evil colonial government. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 right. yeah. I like that power angle where the the uh, mutes and the ood were transformed into these super beings. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> effectively. And of course, the mutts. They it's spelled with a double T, like Ood is spelt with a double T. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you've uncovered one of the hidden influences exactly. of RTD. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Here's the next one. Here's, here's, here's your next one. All right. All right. And we're going to New Who here. This is tricky. And I've deliberately I've picked some hard ones for you because I know that you're a, a, you're a Who expert. Um, <laughs> we're going to go with Boomtown. Boomtown. You know, I had that on my list to try to stump you. Now I got to try to <laughs> <laughs> beat I me to it. <laughs> Boomtown. Yes. So it has a returning villain. And it's a short, it feels short. It's normal 45 minutes. It feels short, though. Series yeah. one. But it feels short with a returning villain. And the ending of Boomtown, the re- villain reverts to childhood. Now, do we have anything like that in classic Doctor Who that comes to mind? And I am not thinking of that. But, hmm. Boomtown is about putting a nuclear reactor right in the middle of Cardiff. And it's part of a larger series arc of Bad Wolf. So we have the nuclear reactor stories. Let's see. We have Claws of Axos and we have Hand of Fear. I don't think either of those would work. Although we do have a transformation of the alien in Hand of Fear. Hmm. Is Eldrad similar, have a similar transformation to Margaret of the Slitheine family? Hmm. Hmm. Yes, I'm going to go with that. 
I'm going to go with the hand of fear. And the reason I'm going to go with the hand of fear is because we have the nuclear power connection and a transformation of a female villain, Batty, as part of the story. We have Judith Parrish Parish, yep, yep, yep. as Eldred in Hand of Fear. And then we have Annette Badland, or a returning Batty from the Aliens of London two-parter. Right, right, right. And... There's a transformation. Now with Eldrad, Eldrad is uh, crushed and comes out to be booming Stephen Thorne. Annette Badland sees the Eye of Harmony or inside the TARDIS, the heart of the TARDIS, I guess is what RTD called it. And she's transformed back into an egg, a Slovene egg. And then Captain Jack and uh, Rose and Mickey have to drop her off on Rexa. Rastacorocophalopatorius. That's the one. <laughs> to give her a second chance. Well, uh, I guess there's not really a second chance for Eldred, but the doctor does throw Eldred's ring down into a pit. So you can imagine that we could have a sequel, and I'm sure Big Finish has probably done a sequel. I'm pretty sure there's a Big Finish sequel to Hand of Fear, yeah. Yeah, so... Kind of tenuous, mainly tied in with that nuclear power and a female lead villain. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like it. It's good. <laughs> okay. Works for me. Works for me. Yep. All right. Yep. Full marks. Uh, okay. Oh, dear. That, was a, that was a tough one. It is. T- I, I'm sorry, but you know. No, that's that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. All right. The Dominators. Patrick Troughton, season oh. six. Okay, we are on an alien planet, and it's not it's not a studio this time. Uh, it's Patrick Troughton, a beloved our beloved second Doctor, with the dream team of Jamie and uh, Zoe, right? Yep, yeah, yep, yep. J- Jamie and Zoe. Um, there's a society of hippies, as usual, um, <laughs> who have to be taught the error of their hippie ways mm-hmm. by having to fight back against some. Rather, un- rather unimpressive villains, and they're equally unimpressive childlike robots. <laughs> Goodness. All right, Planet of the Hippies. Don't really have a Planet of the Hippies, do we? No. Wait a second. Let me just think a little bit more about this. I'm slightly going towards here, and this is... And that's only because... Um, only because I'm thinking char- unimpressive Charlotte Robots. Um, I'm going with Smile. Smile. Ooh, the Emoji Bots. Emoji Bots. Unimpressive Charlotte Robots. It's kind of a, the, the whole kind of hippie thing. I think that that's, it's the, you know, the, the colony. It's mm-hmm. like set up. It's going to be a kind of utopian society of some kind, right? Mm-hmm. And they didn't fight back. They didn't fight back. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't really a villain because the, the, you know, the quarks. Um, of course, you know the, her controlled by the and controlled by the dominators with their mm-hmm. big hunched shoulders. Mm-hmm. But um, in Smile, the the Smile bots, emoji bots, whatever they're called, they are they're kind of the villains. Well, we have the nanobots that are right. Oh, nanobots, yeah. But there's no there's no one there's no one kind of in charge. Right, of the, of right. The, yeah, yeah. So that's where my that's my where my comparison falls down. You've not got enough companions because it's just Bill and the Doctor. Yeah, well, that's a that's a convenience of the modern era. Exactly, exactly. There's no Nardole, sadly. Mm-hmm. I think, as far as I remember, in in um, in Smile. Yeah, I, th- I think he was absent. Yeah. Yeah, he was looking after Missy um, back yep. in the back mm-hmm. in the Bat Cave, the Missy Cave. 
Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with smile. Very nice. I like that quark emoji bot connection. I yeah, because that, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, because they're small and they got you know the quarks famously have that kind of giggling, giggling mm-hmm. voice, um, mm-hmm. which is the the voice that I would that I imagine the emoji bots would have if they mm-hmm. had a voice, which they don't. Could you imagine the dominators with emoji bots like they upgraded? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's definitely because. After a while, the Dominators are going to realize how <laughs> how poor the Quarks are, uh, and they're just going to kick them out, and they're going to hire the uh, the Emoji Bots mm-hmm. to do their dirty work for them in the future. Mm. Definitely. Yep, definitely. I can see a big finish. Get working. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Your next one. All right. So, uh, okay, I'm, I had another kind of stumper, um, but maybe, <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll, we'll move off that a little bit. Um, we're going to go with Colony in Space. Ooh, John Pertwee. Yes. And this is where we have all about agricultural issues and kind of a parallel to the Old West or the ah. American Old West. Yes, yes. Hmm. But we have an ancient civilization again, too. Being awoken. Yes. In a kind and of Star with, Trek sort of way. In, but in, in a very destructive way, too. Absolutely. That could be the end end of life as we know it and this is just joe yep and joe's first trip off planet i think i'm gonna latch on to this ancient ancient evil rather than the old west thing because the old west would uh lead me to uh yeah that that one where they went to the old west yeah with amy and rory yep i was thinking that as well that's a town called Mercy. Okay. So I'm, I'm I'm backing off that, but I'm going to go off another Amy Pond story, with an ancient evil, and it's awakening that ancient evil. So I am going to go with the two-parter, Matt Smith's first first filmed story, Time of Angels, Flesh and Stone. Oh, nice one. Okay, where it's all about awakening an ancient evil. Or well, uh, an, an ancient destructive force, and effectively, the advance was it the I can't remember what the aliens were named. Oh, the planet is Exarius, so they're the Exarians. Exarians, okay, we'll go with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, for you, for you, Exarians. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm gonna make that that their super doomsday weapon is equivalent to the weeping angels getting power and. Blinking out everyone from existence. That's right. Doesn't have mining, although they are going into a mine cave systems. Yeah, that that could possibly be mines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. You'll accept that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's kind. It's kind of that. I'll accept that that cave system could be like a mine system. Yep. 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 Okay. It's kind of weak. We don't have the master in. Uh, we don't have the well, IMC. Well, you do have River Song, who's kind of like a, you know, an exterior force on the Doctor's life. At this point, she is still. Well, let's see. She is going forward. No, the Doctor is going forwards, backwards, and she's going forward. Right. No, the Doctor is going forward, and she's going backwards. Right. So at this point. Is she a villain because she hasn't yet killed the doctor? I, it's all Moffat confusing to me, but and indeed, indeed, she's so yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Time of Angels. Uh, kind of a weak connection, I think, but uh, it's the best I can do on the spot here. 
You know, what I thought would be funny, think about that, if we did this game and you just said, it's the Satan pit every time. <laughs> Whatever I said, you know, there's that one. <laughs> well, Without bothering to do any work. Yeah. Um, that would be funny. Because <laughs> um, that's another... Uh, Was that what you were thinking another... when you proposed it? another awakening of ancient evil um no i I, that's good that's i think that's good and i think actually i like the idea because i you know i'm i'm a little bit sure i'm still slightly that the angels have been kind of you know slightly beaten to death just a little a little bit as as a scary villain i like i like them being ancient evil actually i don't really like them being assassins i like them being an ancient evil they they have a more ancient evil feel to them so I, I like that. I think that's a good comparison. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Full marks. Full marks. All right. Thank you. Uh, the Sunmakers. Ah, okay. The Sunmakers. All right. So. Um, Tom Baker. Not an alien planet. Pluto. Not an alien planet. A heavy-handed satire <laughs> on something. On Bob Holmes's part, yeah. Robot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck finding it. Well, well, no, yeah, no, yes. Uh, so, heavy-handed satire, bombastic delivery. Blake Seven connection. Pluto, <laughs> Blake Seven connection. Hmm, not sure where <laughs> I'd find that. Blake Seven connection. Ah, heavy-handed satire. I'm kind of liking that a little bit. That yeah, all right. That tends to move me towards the RTD era. Hmm. Ooh, a company again, an evil company. Well, not an evil company. All praise the company. All praise the company. A misguided company. A company that is not is not consciously evil. It's just doing what company Ooh. what 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 companies do. Profit margin. Exactly. Profit margin. It's just we're just they're just they're just, just business. It's just business. It's the shareholders that matter. Mm. Wow. Oh, this is difficult. This is difficult. This is this is confu- This is confusing me. Um, well, well, I think you're onto something. What stories in New Who, twenty first century Who, had? evil companies that were maximizing profit margins we've, we've had it we've had we just had one planet of the Ood. i mean maybe it'd be funny if i just said yes yeah, planet of the Ood. <laughs> again all roads lead to the Ood. all roads lead to the planet of the Ood. well okay here's here's an evil company that's maximizing profits um and it we could say this is also certainly in the realm of a heavy-handed satire i'm going to suggest Oxygen. Oh, interesting. I thought either you'd go with oxygen or kablam. So, oxygen. Oh, kablam. Now that, well, th- well think about kablam. It, it's not heavy-handed satire. It's, um, it's like, <laughs> oh, actually, this isn't satirical at all. <laughs> Amazon is awesome, and we should all work for them and do whatever they say. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if we try to sabotage Amazon, then we're bad people and deserve death. No, I'd, so it's it's kind of the reverse of heavy-handed satire. It's kind of light-handed okay. unsatire. So I'm so going to ja- go I'm Jamie go- Matheson's story then. It's a it's a Jamie Matheson story indeed. It's oxygen. Yeah, very good. As I'm sure I don't have to remind you, mm-hmm. um, our heroes are stuck on a space station, and they uh, 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 running out of air. Running out of air. Yeah, the smart suits have killed the majority of the of the people, and. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to go with that. It's far future. We, you know, there's there is a company that is, you know, killing people. There is the question of things in the air. I mean, obviously, oxygen is a thing that we all need. Right. But, of course, in the Sunmakers, there is whatever the gas is. What's the gas called in the Sunmakers? Oh, you're putting me on a spot. I don't know this. I know, I am. <laughs> and there's a special gas that's keeping people uh, happy not to rock the boat. No one gets steamed. 
Um, or even no <laughs> Although one's, people get killed. No one's threatened to be steamed in oxygen. But people do get killed or almost killed. So I'm, I, think, I think oxygen. I think oxygen is going to work pretty well. Excellent. Yeah. I th- think that gas was PCM. PCM. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to go with oxygen. That is season. Uh, yeah, ser- great story. Two good stories there. S- two good stories. Exactly. Two great stories. Watch them back to back, listener, and you'll see that they're very closely connected. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect pairing. All right. Okay. I'm going to give you this, this curveball, which is dinosaurs on a spaceship. Well, I'm going to go with the obvious. I don't think this is a curveball at all because we have a spaceship in the invasion of the dinosaurs. Oh, wow. Okay. Like it. And we have dinosaurs in invasion of the dinosaurs. True. Uh, <laughs> we have the Pertwee connection, which is the debut of the Silurians, and it is a Silurian spaceship. True, true, true. In the Matt Smith story. Uh yeah, I think go with the obvious in this one. Dinosaurs in the spaceship, invasion of the dinosaurs. You see the, the full realization of really good dinosaur special effects, uh, CGI, in the 21st century one. And you can contrast that to the puppetry and the almost stop motion <laughs> animation done in the 20th century story. There's a little bit of betrayal. Now, there's no unit connection, but you have that Indian Space Agency, which is all set to blow up the Silurian spaceship, which is just like unit would do. Uh, shoot first, ask questions later. So you have that yeah. connection. I like uh, it. So I'm going to just go on the strength of the dinosaur and the spaceship connection, dinosaurs on a spaceship, and invasion of the dinosaurs. I like it. You also ha- have people plucked randomly from time as well. Oh, so yeah, like you yeah, have yeah, the caveman yeah, yeah. at the yeah. beginning of Invasion of the Dinosaurs. You've also got the big game hunter and Cleopatra and I don't right. know other people probably. It's Nefertiti. Uh, Nefertiti. Nefertiti. Oh, th- yes, it is Nefertiti, isn't it? Not, not, not Cleopatra. They're all the same to me. <laughs> Those Egyptian pharaoh, pharaohesses. Um, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I, okay. I, I like the simplicity of, okay, dinosaurs, spaceship, dinosaurs, spaceship. Yep. Why not? Go for the obvious one. Fits together. Fits together very well. All right. Okay, uh, I'm ready for my next one. I'm not going to go so easy this time. I'm going to go... Oh, God. Okay. It takes you away. Uh, okay. Pointless metaphysics. <laughs> um, Solo track frog. Yep. A frog. Random, random divergence into a cave system with some killer bats. Oh, they're moths, aren't they? Are they bats? I mean, I think if they're killing you, I mean, it's debatable whether they're bats, bats it's a, or moths. It's a wash, right? It's a wash. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they could easy, just as easy be bats, but they are actually moths. And some weird Ribbons character. I can't remember. Yeah, Ribbons. Ribbons, yeah. But he was a big guest star, though, right? Yeah, the, it was the, it's the actor Kevin Eldon uh-huh. is, is Ribbons, yeah. So weird guest star, killer <laughs> moths, a cave The mutants system. with Rick James, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well there you go um uh it's always it's always the mutants um cave system pointless metaphysics see i don't like it takes you away unfortunately so i i find it i'm gonna find it a little bit vexing mm. um to um, so is there a vexing classic story that would be a well, good see, i like pretty much all of, of classic doctor who go go to the 80s oh, the 80s well Goodness. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, so I have to pick an 80s story that I dislike as much as it takes you away. 
No, I'm, I'm just <laughs> suggesting because it was a vexing story. That's true. That's there's true. certainly some stories that vexed you. All right. Okay, this is... Okay, I, what I'm, I'm going to go with the polar opposite, okay? All right? All right. Okay, I hope, I hope this works. So I don't like It Takes You Away at all, okay? Okay. I do like The Green Death very, very much. Hmm, okay. Okay, so um, there's a cave system in both. There, There is, yes. Mine system, cave system. We've already established those two are roughly the same thing. It's not killer moths, it's killer maggots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you could say a maggot is a kind of a caterpillar. Larvae moth. Yeah, from where moths do spring. Yep. Exactly. Oh, actually, well, no, no. Okay, I'm going to keep on going with this. <laughs> Did you have a brain flash? Uh, or? Well, I had a brain. It could, it could also be the web planet um, <laughs> with moths. Um, yep. there, is a, there, is a, there is a special guest star if you are a genre film buff. Oh. Um, with Jerome Willis. As the hapless Stevens. Yep. Because of course Jerome Willis was in Life Force and Win Stanley and in a whole bunch of amazing movies. And he's just basically a god um, of the kind of genre film British world. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd say he's a guest star. He's like the actor Kevin Eldon in that he could turn his hand to everything. Pointless metaphysics. Um, well, you know, I think you could say uh, uh, it, maybe it's not metaphysics. But certainly, you know, uh, the kind of hippie commune of the Nut Hutch yeah. is probably as irritating as the, and deliberately so in this case, rather than than not deliberately so, as in it takes you away, as the remote Norwegian cabin um, <laughs> where a young girl has been convinced that she's blind by her father who's gone into another dimension for a reason. I think she is blind. I think that she's alone because her father went to another dimension, if yeah. memory serves. I thought I thought she was pretending to be blind or something. I, well, okay, well that, that yeah, we'll have to rewatch. Yeah, it's it's that that's making it sound like um, Android invasion at that point. Um, so yeah, I'm so I'm so so I'm going to completely it's I'm going to invert this completely a Zygon inversion, if you will, <laughs> and say okay, I don't like it takes you away at all. I do like the Green Beth a lot. So mm-hmm. they they kind of cancel each other out. It's like a it's like a you know it's like a yin and a yang. Uh-huh. It's like a black hole and whatever the opposite of a black hole is. Mm, yeah, a singularity. Yeah. I don't know. A singularity, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I take my helmet off, I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Also, also frogs are green <laughs> and also death is green as well. There you go. Yep. And also, here, okay, here's, here's another one. Um, we all know that the doctor can change their sex. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the doctor also changes uh, cross dresses as well. <laughs> so we have, you know, we have a very emphatically masculine doctor in John Pertwee who cross dresses as a unconvincing Welsh cleaning lady. So you know, <laughs> the doctor's always been gender fluid all the way through his his or her lives. Interesting. Okay. So that's what I'm going with that one. Not fully convincing, but it's the best I can come up with at this short notice. Very good, yeah. very good. I do not have a better story to offer, so I am going to accept the green death. And I mean, come uh, on, Fog, fro- frogs are green, death is green. I mean, it's <laughs> there. You go. It's right there. It's right there. Also, okay. It also, I heard another thing. Green death has got is a big themes about ecological catastrophe. Mm-hmm. You know, the earth is rotting, and maggots are eating eat, are eating it in some sort of way. Mm-hmm. Also, it takes away big big concepts like. I don't know, there's a multiverse Death with frog in it grieving. or something. Yep. Yeah, yep. all that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, okay, this is your last one, I believe. Okay. And it's Attack of the Cybermen. Ooh, Colin Baker. <laughs> Got Litton in there, so a returning bad guy, oh. returning monster. 
<sighs> Cryons. Uh, continuity heavy. Ooh, continuity yes. heavy stories. Special guest stars. Yeah. Dressed up as people so you can't actually recognize that they're special guest stars, but we know that they are. So if continuity heavy, I am leaning into ooh, either Moffat or Chibnall. Oh, yeah. Moffat in his trying to perfect and Chibnall going where we don't want him to go. Hmm. And it's violent. Pointlessly violent. Has potential, but ultimately not very good. <laughs> oh, it's a tough one, I know. All right, I am going to go with the Battle of Ranskur of Kolos, which has a returning baddie. Oh, yes, okay. And a uncharacteristically violent behavior in Graham with the uh, yippee robots at the end and wanting to kill Tim Shaw, where this isn't the Graham that we've seen all in series 11. So it's kind of out of the blue, and it's Colin Baker's doctor. It's kind of out of the blue, I, I feel. It's not really who... At least the sixth doctor becomes by the time he's in big finish land, I guess. Uh, so, let's see. Other connections with that. <sighs> yeah, no, I think that works. I think that works. I feel like our listener is just screaming an obvious answer. That's just <laughs> obviously better story, but I am not coming up with one. I mean, it's continuity heavy because, and well, okay, he's, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you here. So what irritates everybody about <laughs> everybody about mm-hmm. Attack of the Cybermen is it's not only it's continuity heavy, but the continuity is essentially pointless and serves <laughs> no real purpose. And, you know, much as I love Tim Shaw as an amazing new villain um, that was introduced to us. Yeah. Um, thanks to the brilliance of Chris Chibnall. Mm. Again, slightly <laughs> pointless to bring him back. Mm-hmm. He only really exists to be brought back again. So, yeah, kind of a loose loose connection. Yeah. But let's go with the Battle of Ranskur of Kolos. Like it. With the attack of the Cybermen. And I've not seen the Battle of Ranskur of Kolos since it aired again. Since we recorded a podcast on it all those years ago. Um, are there pathetic planetary denizens of some kind? There are uh, two religious figures that aid Tim Shaw in his quest to control yeah, the Yeah, they're universe like the Sirons. And convinced he's yeah, a god. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I'm, 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 I'm going with that. I think that's a good one. Okay. Yeah, like it. Like it. So I'm going to... Are we on to the bonus round now? Yes, we are in the bonus round. So Bonus round. Okay. Uh, feeling badly if uh, giving you it takes you away. Okay. I'm going to give you a story I know you like. Oh, um, good. Okay, excellent. Human nature, family of blood. Oh, goodness. All right. Okay, the main thing about human nature and the family of blood is the doctor takes on the appearance character of somebody else. That's quite important mm-hmm. um, for mm-hmm. the story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an epic. It is. Uh, because it has epic themes of kind of vengeance and retribution and... What is the Doctor for? What does the Doctor really mean to us all, mm-hmm. basically? Um, I'll also say that it's set a year or so before the outbreak of World War One. Yes. Um, so I'm going to go with the War Games. Ah, yes, okay. Yeah, so it's not really set during World War One at all. No. But we think it is, just as the Doctor thinks that he is Dr. John Smith, 
who teaches at a school. So, you know, the, the doctor in Family of Blood is mistaken. Mm-hmm. We, the audience, are mistaken mm-hmm. in, the, in the war games because mm-hmm. we think, oh, yeah, the doctor's gone back to, a doctor's companions have gone back to World War I. Um, I as far as I remember the war, war games, the, the doctor donned some disguises. He must don some disguises, right? Probably. He Im- He's mistaken for other people. He impersonates a uh, prison inspector, I think. is so. He it, impersonates, it, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So just like Tennant doesn't take on a physical disguise, he takes on a character disguise, just like Troughton's doctor takes on a character disguise. Exactly, exactly. And of course, um, let's let who, you know, who are, and this is no way meant to disparage other doctors, because we all know that all the doctors are awesome in all their own different ways. Um, but I think, I think it could be said that two of the best actors to take on the role of of Doctor Who have been David Tennant and Patrick Troughton. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, David Tennant has been quite explicit. And, and I think as a lot of other more contemporary doctors have, you know, looked at Troughton's work um, mm-hmm. and seen that as being, as being um, uh, the person that, that, that they're modeling their, um, their performance on. And, and I'll also go with the, with the kind of revelations at the end of the war games about the doctor's time lord nature mm. and of course the revelations that we have in in family of blood etc etc is a is a time lord based revelation that's so, true very true yeah it also sets up utopia and it's an epic story as well obviously war games is an epic story and i think the arc of that season it's one of my favorite seasons of new who is an epic arc mm-hmm. um which unlike a lot of epic arcs is actually resolved in a really pretty satisfying way, in my opinion, just like the epic of the war games, whereas it may it's a little bit baggy in the middle, perhaps, but it is resolved in a very, very satisfying manner in its final episode. So, um, yeah, war games it is. They both change Doctor Who forever. And here's the thing, unless I'm very much mistaken, the war games is 10 episodes, right? It is. And, of course, David Tennant was the 10th Doctor. <laughs> His name begins with 10. And his, <laughs> his name also begins with the letters T-E-N, which, of course, in English is 10. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, so I've got to throw you one now, right? Yep, yep. Bonus round. Jeez, okay. Um, I had another kind of stumpy one for you. Um, oh. which <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, like, throw it out there. Throw it out yeah, there. Okay, The Savages. The Savages, a William Hartnell story. That nobody has ever seen. Ooh... Well, some well, people have seen it. Very few people, very few yeah. people have seen The Savages. And we say goodbye to a companion we in do. it where he goes off to be a king. And we get ready to say goodbye to another companion because this is the penultimate story with Dodo Chaplet, I believe. Uh, War Machine. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah. All right. So thinking back to the story, they're... They're wanting to drain the doctor of all his intelligence, if if memory serves. Uh, Savages is always a hard one to get ones, or to, for me to get my arms around because I've never read the novelization, and the soundtrack isn't quite as engaging as say, paint uh, drawing, <laughs> as as the Myth Makers, for right, example, true, true, which I'd rather listen to. So companion. Farewell, where the companion is empowered. I think the most powerful companion farewell is probably Martha, who left on her own accord. So, hmm, is there some parallels perhaps between Stephen Taylor and 
Martha Jones and how they leave Doctor Who or leave traveling. So at the end, where Martha says goodbye to the doctor, Stephen decides to stay and leads the savages, becomes the king of the savages. Right. Now, is there any anything beyond a companion departure that would work with this? Of course, the doctor is hooked up to a device in the savages to drain him of... What was he connected to? To, to, to keep the... It's, again, it was a Star Trek plot. They're like, they're being drained. Yeah, it's an energy transfer, right? They're just trained... Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, this is a bad uh, one. Listener, I just... No, I, I don't remember pre- precisely what they were um, being... What, what they were draining from the savages. But the doctor was going to be hooked up and the elders were going to drain the doctor too. It was it was one of the cliffhangers of his life horse. They transfer it. Um, they were going to transfer. Oh yes, uh, the the leader, the elder, uh, was going to take the intelligence, the great intelligence, to coin a phrase, <laughs> the, the the massive intellect of the doctor, and transfer it to himself. But instead, the doctor kind of takes over his personality of this elder, and that's how uh, there's a bit of a. a identity crisis right. of uh, of the elder um, uh, who's played by Frederick Yeager. Uh, so we have a split, a schism. So yes, I am going to go off Stone Earth Journeys and uh, no, that's the, that's Donna's. Uh, what was Martha's farewell? That was the end of time, correct? Uh, yes. End of time. Yes. yes. So I'm going to go again. Ooh, well, that breaks down. <laughs> That's right. So I want a little bit. I want a sample. I want Martha's leaving with the end of time, but I want the doctor splitting off into his personality with Handy Doctor in Journey's End. So I want to have my cake and eat it too. I want the companion departure uh, from uh, the last of the Time Lords. That's that was the one, right? Yeah. That that was that was Martha's 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 farewell. Um, so I want. Yeah. Um, Sound of Drums, Last of the Time Lords. Yeah, probably. Yes. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll go with end that. Of we'll time go with was, that. Yeah, yeah. End of Time was the tenant's farewell. So I want Martha's departure from The Last of the Time Lords, but I want Handy Doctor from Journey's End with uh, Rose's uh, getting her boyfriend. So that that's... And the Doctor kind of draining, draining off his personality or cloning himself uh, into Handy Doctor. So... Uh, I'm I'm going to do the smorgasbord. I'm nice. taking a little bit off of the end of series three and the end of series four Perfect. to come up with a, with a hybrid story for the savages because really it's so hard to get one's arms around the savages until somebody finds some gosh darn moving pictures. <laughs> exactly. No, and I think that's fair enough. I mean, I think I think as it exists, the savages is kind of a Frankenstein um, <laughs> because we have to kind of assemble it from still images and bad soundtracks and, you know, half-remembered actors' recollections. So I think it's fair enough for, for your counter to also be a Frankenstein. Okay, very good. Monster. Because, <laughs> of course, we all know that the monster is frankenstein himself ah anyway well that would be an rtd creation then so rtd (laughs) is my counterpart perfect savages excellent that's uh, i mean that was that that's a toughie that is a toughie because of Mm. course no one really knows anything about the savages so yeah i think and perfectly counted perfectly counted all right well thank you thank you for your leniency in the final bonus round i think i think (laughs) i can only 
can only be lenient under these circumstances. All right. I think I think we'll end it there. No more bonuses. I, 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 yes, I think, I think we'll put our listener out we're of their tapped. misery at this point. Yes, we're if tapped out. If you've listened this far, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you <laughs> this has been the Twin Dilemma, a game of the Metabuse 2 podcast, episode 185. I have been trying to find that perfect pairing with Ben. And I have been confused by a dilemma, if you will, by some twins. <laughs> Uh, needlessly being twins. But by some twins needlessly <laughs> being twins. Exactly. And that... Only to fill content, just like this podcast. Essentially, that was the dilemma, is <laughs> that the twins were needlessly twinned with each other. What a dilemma mm-hmm. that was. All right. Well, excellent. Until next time on the MetaBills 2 podcast, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>